Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel text for today from John chapter 1 um, is uh, a very good text to be using for us in the church, not just back in Jesus' time, but here now and going forward until Jesus comes back. It's a great text for us because, well, a lot of churches these days are facing the question of what do we do now that the church seems to be shrinking, right? This seems to be a grave concern for people, and rightfully so. Um, We have to be careful when we ask that question because the question can sometimes lead to desperation and we change our tactics, not, not just our tactics, we change who we are, right, to fit what the world would want us to be, right? You see a lot of churches going down that road, right? You see a lot of churches that say, well, the, the culture's shifting with homosexuality and with transgenderism and all stuff like that. We should change too because that's the loving thing to do not paying attention to what God's word says about these things and saying, no, 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 don't change that. Maybe you should shift your thinking about what it is you're asking people to do, right? Are you asking them to come and be a part of something that's just like anywhere else? Or are you asking them to come and to be a part of something that is truly different and life-changing, which is Jesus himself, right? He calls us out of this world, and he chooses us and calls us and says, come follow me, because what I have to say is different from what everybody else has to say about what's going on. So this text, we see something very interesting. Well, if you'll see here, uh, you know, I would encourage you, if, if you would like, sometimes I, sometimes I jump around in the Bible. <clears throat> so if you'd like to bring your Bibles with you on a Sunday, sometimes we have some that are there in the pews and we have some outside there. If you want to just grab one before you come in, sometimes I might say, hey, turn to this page, turn to this passage, let's take a look at this, because it shines light on what else we're talking about today, right? So just as a future note, it's not a pop quiz kind of thing. I didn't, I didn't give you homework to bring your Bibles today, so don't worry about it today. But in our gospel text today, uh, it's John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. It, it helps to have context, right? Because if you just jump right in here and say, um, you know, the next day. Well, wait, wait, wait. The next day from what? What happened, right? The next day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Out of the blue, follow me. But it's interesting. It says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city city of, of Andrew and Peter. Just before this, Jesus had called Andrew in a very interesting way. Um, just as a bit of a background, what happened before this text for today is that um, we see that Andrew was actually a disciple of John the Baptist. 
And how do you think that Andrew came to faith in Christ? Was it just because he said, oh, you know, I've, I've just kind of like, he seems like a nice guy. You know, he's dressed nicely, keeps his beard nice and trim. I think I might have to pay attention to what he has to say, right? No, it wasn't anything about that. It was that John the Baptist took one of his, he took two of his um, disciples and he pointed right at Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. Now that's preaching, right? Because of John the Baptist's preaching, those two disciples, one of them being, um, one of them being um, Andrew, follows after Jesus. And Jesus turns and says, what do you seek? What are you seeking? And he says, Rabbi, which is to say teacher, but more than that, master, right? When you were going to train under a rabbi, that meant you changed your whole life. It wasn't just kind of like, hey, you know, I got, I got time on the weekends. Let's see what we can do about this. It's just that, where are you staying? Where are you staying so that we can stay there with you? And that's a big commitment, right? Because when you become the disciple of a rabbi, of a teacher, you're saying, I, I want my life to look like your life. I want to do what you do. I want to say what you say, right? And so um, it says, where are you staying? Where are you abiding, really, is a better translation. And Jesus says to them, come and see. Come and see. Jesus gives the first word of come and see, right? And so from this, they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. And all that time, you think they're just hanging out, just kind of shooting the breeze, you know, having a good time. No, he was teaching them. He was preaching to them. He was saying, this is what the truth of God's word says, and I am the son of man. I am the son of God, right? You can feel that in rightfully. And then it's because of what he tells to, to Andrew that Andrew goes to his brother, Peter, and tells him, we've found the Messiah, right? And then Peter comes, right? So it's just that, there's this understanding that those who are close to you are the ones that need to hear the most about what's going on with Jesus, right? Because that's what happens with Philip and, and, and Nathaniel. That Jesus goes to Philip, he finds Philip, who's actually from the same town as Peter and Andrew, right? There's that connection. It's not that he's just going up to somebody random and saying, come follow me. You, 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 I don't know who you are, come follow me. It's this connection of friends, right? Of close acquaintances, of family. And he says, follow me. You've heard what they've heard. You know what they know. Now come and follow me. And so he does. And we see that there's a bit of a gap there too. Fill in the gap. Jesus says, follow me. And tells him all that he needs to know about who he is, who Jesus is. And then Philip can't help himself, right? He can't help himself, and he goes and he finds his friend, his, his friend Nathaniel, and says, we have found him, who, him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. His name is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, right? And he, we see this model in Philip. You know, if you're going to talk about what can we do to bring people in, there's a lot of programs you can go and buy. But if you already have a Bible, you have the best program right there. 
What's the best way? What is one of the best ways? There's lots of ways, but one is, what is one of the best ways that Scripture itself says is a good idea? It's to go to the people that are close to you with the excitement and the zeal that surely we should have and oftentimes do have as Christians saying, you won't believe where I've been today. You won't believe where I went today for Sunday. And some people go, I don't know, church? Yeah, I went to church. I heard about Jesus today. Now, that sounds a little strange. A lot of people have already heard about Jesus or whatever. But the thing is, is that for the understanding that we have, especially as Lutherans, that, that we believe that wherever God's word is spoken, Christ is there. The spirit moves wherever his word is spoken. All, you know, all Christians do believe this, but we, we Lutherans being sacramental as well say, when we partake of the body and blood of Christ, we say, Jesus came and fed me today. Jesus came and fed me his body and his blood to strengthen my faith. Isn't that great? Now, if, if that sounds a little too hard to do, let's think of a parallel. Let's think of a parallel. Have you ever gone to a good restaurant? Now, bear with me. Have you ever been to a good restaurant? Has it ever been just the best food you've ever tasted or some of the best food? Let's just say it's the best food you've ever had in your life. And you say, wow, I've got to tell my friend about this. I've got to tell John. I've got to tell Steve. I've got to tell Jim. I've got to tell whoever. This is the best place I've ever eaten at. You've got to come and try it, right? And you bring them with you. You say, you've got to come with me. Come with me. Now, if we do that for restaurants, <laughs> How much more should we do that in the place where God is dwelling, where God promises to be, where God promises to come and to forgive your sins? How much more should we say, you got to come and see? You got to come and see. And it's not a matter of saying, hey, you got to come and see my pastor. He's a great preacher. I mean, you, you can say that if you want to, but you don't have to, right? I'm not the best preacher in the world, but that's not the point. The point is, is that the word of God is spoken to you. The forgiveness of sins is spoken to you. Jesus Christ crucified is spoken to you so that you would believe, so that you would have faith. And we want that for all people because God wants that for all people, right? So we see here that because of what Jesus starts to say, come and see, Philip carries that on. And so should we. And let's not stop there, though, because let's see what happens when someone comes and sees. Because when someone comes and sees, sometimes it can be a bit daunting and they don't know what to expect, right? But what you can expect in this day and age, especially in this time of the church, when you come to church, you can expect to be told that you should repent of your sins. You should confess your sins and be absolved of them, right? By the command of Christ. Now, where do I get this in this text? You see that Jesus, when he sees um, when he sees, well, first of all, let's, let's back up a little bit. Sorry, I'm bouncing. I'm getting too excited here. I'm getting excited. So Nathaniel says to, to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? That's not necessarily saying that Nazareth is a podunk town. I mean, it probably was, but that's not the point. It's probably that, Na that Nathaniel knew the Bible well enough to say, I don't remember the Messiah ever coming from Nazareth, right? And even so... Even though he says, well, I don't know about that. That's, that's, that's his way of saying, okay, calm down, Philip. I, I'm not sure about what you're talking about. So what? 
I don't know about this. And instead of Philip trying to say, trying to explain things and um, do the task of, of, of what we call uh, um, apologetics and dissecting everything about why you should believe in Jesus, he just simply says, come and see. Just come and see. So Nathaniel comes. And that coming is an act of faith, is it not? That someone comes and says, well, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'm going on faith that this is good, right? And good for me. And so Jesus says, behold, um, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no is 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 no is no deceit. Excuse me. Now that's not. I don't believe that's anything other than Jesus calling him a faithful one, one who belongs to, um, one who is a part of of Israel. Biblically speaking, especially in these New Testament times, is one who believes, one who has faith. It's not that you have a passport or a driver's license or whatever from Israel. It's that you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in the Messiah who has come. That makes you a part of that people. And that's what he's saying. You came in faith. You trusted the word. Good. Let's keep talking, right? That's what it is. It's the invitation to keep going. And so Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And Jesus says, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, what does that mean? I like to go back and see what the church fathers have said about this. And the church fathers have a very interesting take on this. Bear with me, okay? In classic, in, so in the antiquity, in classical understanding, the fig tree was interpreted as being the kind of tree that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the garden, right? It's like, what kind of tree was that tree? A lot of people thought it was a fig tree. That's why when Adam and Eve sinned, they took fig leaves and sewed them together and covered themselves. Now see, that it's kind of interesting, right? Because what they were trying to do, the interpretation of that is they, they took the fig leaves from the tree that they sinned with and said, we're going to cover ourselves with this not realizing that it was covering sin with more sin, right? And isn't that what we do? When we sin, we self-justify. When we sin, we try to make the excuse of why it's okay, right? That's just the natural, that's, that's, that's just the natural way of doing things for us in this sinful flesh. So in a sense, Jesus is telling him, you, Nathaniel, when you were under your sin and trying to justify yourself in that sin, I saw you. I saw you. And yet still, I called you. I want you to be with me, right? I want you to follow me. That's why I sent you Philip. Even though you are a sinner, I want you. Isn't that wonderful? So then... Nathanael says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? It's like saying, do you? Because I said to you, you're a sinner. All of a sudden you believe. 
Truly, I tell you, you will see greater things than these. And what's great, uh, and this is kind of the icing on the cake right here. He says to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, what the English translation doesn't grasp there is that he speaks of you in the plural. This is why I'm very proud to be a Texan, because we are grammatically correct in saying y'all from time to time. Because he's literally saying, and this is my Texas translation of this, most assuredly I say to y'all, hereafter y'all shall see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He's saying that not just to Nathaniel, but to all of you, to all of you who believe like he does, like he did, to all of you who trust in Jesus, to all of you who trust his call to come and see, you will see heaven now open and not closed, but wide open open for you because of what the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, has done in dying for you. That the angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. That is, that they know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The way to heaven is His cross. The way to heaven is by His blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Now see, the invitation paid off, didn't it? The invitation paid off. Nathanael came and he heard the saving grace of God in Jesus Christ. And even though it was from Jesus' mouth, Jesus still speaks to you today. Even though it's through means of a, a stuttering pastor, even though it's through means of, 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 uh, of, of a sinner really is what it is, right? Still, Jesus speaks to you telling you that you will see greater things in Jesus, with the eyes of faith that the Holy Spirit provides. And if that's what people could see, might possibly would see if they came, how wonderful it is to extend the invitation to someone and say, come and see, come and believe, come and be saved. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.